The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
minimum requirement of a half acre is going to woodland. That is where my category says even that isn't woodland. Now that one north parcel is the one parcel where you see the basics. If you call the data, you start looking at there's a black oak made the special criteria that's in there. There's a couple smaller oaks. There's more Norway maple. Um, there are three significant silver maples. On the other thing, all three of those are less than 35% left-hand side. So there's some hazards associated with that, although there's specimen species are there. There's some box elder in that stand. There are some other trees. So this is the first place where you see some real diversity, um, no native species. And even before they were already adopting the plan to get a bulk of what they were showing was still woodland, protecting this. So I think it still meets, you know, a good plan to retain this. There are a handful of black walnuts that are greater than 12 inches in good form and reasonable structure that are in this parcel. They're not meeting the critical species list on a black walnut because of their rate of growth and size. You want to see 18 inches to special criteria. There's no 18 inch black walnuts on here, but there are some 12 and 14 inches in that north parcel. So this parcel does start to capture a nice cross-section with diversity, uh, whereas the middle stands, as I referred to them, I believe, in the report, you, and when you walk up, you see them. It's like the wind blow of the seas. You know, there's these ribbons of black locusts and Siberian elm that are spreading across this parcel. Uh, so in my findings, that's when we started meeting after they had my, our draft report, and said, I don't believe you have woodland, and this was post-fact. So they did due diligence, acted in uh, conservative nature, and moved forward. But that's how I got to my recommendations. So obviously, there's a couple other maps showing the critical species. Um, tab, next slide. So here, oh, that is, that's prohibited list. So you start looking at the overlay and total number of pins. These are all the plants that are currently on the do not plant list. Majority are, if you look at that, I actually have the numbers by count of stems uh, on my report. And you, it, when you add in things like Norway maple into there, it starts to well exceed the majority of the total count. Um, the next slide, I think, is where we get to the critical. Boom. These are ones that actually meet the criteria specified, yeah, so by species and size. Uh, there were no trees identified on this parcel that were bigger than 24 inches that were not included with the special criteria. So the special criteria list ends up equaling everything. Uh, three of those pins in that north parcel are actually the silver maples that are in advanced stages of decline. You see the ribbons in the middle. If you go out there, you look, you see the architecture and the, and the bark. It's like, yep. So the most recent plan now, sorry, personal note, Tree Geek, in that uh, what is the southeast corner along Belford Street, there is a 33-inch northern hackberry, 33-inch diameter. Canopy up around peak would be somewhere between 85 to 90. Yeah, somewhere 89 to And this is outside of the construction and will be preserving their plants. So there's a couple cool things that meet your criteria and are still being met even with the withdrawal of the woodland. So I believe that's where, those are the biggest critical. Now, the 
two glue pins up by the cul-de-sac where they move their drive. Those are, I think, nine and 12 inch hackberries. And I think the form, if you look into the data, they're still not in great form. They're in good health in moderate form. Uh, but they're there and they're even accommodating those on the plan. So I think between where they've revised the plans as we've come along and the data that they've accumulated from the tree survey or the tree inventory, uh, that is I think where we've resolved to. Uh, you guys have any questions for me? Because this is where the gray area would be is, is it a woodland or is it not a woodland? Um, you've heard me, you see even from the aerial photography here from Google, there is open sky, no continuous canopy. The trees, there's nothing bigger than 12 inches throughout a large canopy in any of these independent stands where you start to see um, ecosystem highways, you know, movement between even stands. That's where gaps exist, and gaps are preservable because they're a valid part, uh, you know, fruit, flora, fauna, all of these things. These are open, old, clear cut areas where there are new invasive species moving in. So, yeah, do you guys have questions for me on? whether or not this is truly considered woodland or not. That would be my best point to be here. I wanted to jump in here and ask if it's valuable for me to read off the definition of a woodland from the um, statute, um, or from the ordinance. And so this is section, uh, this is part G under NFP, uh, woodland criteria. So areas that meet these criteria are considered woodlands in the standard. So minimum area, which we've heard referenced, is one half acre or 21,780 square feet. This is regardless of parcel boundaries. So if it's a woodland that crosses parcel boundaries, it's still considered a woodland. We don't have trees that are crossing parcel boundaries here, though. Uh, the tree count that the ordinance is looking for to be considered woodland would be an equivalent of at least 40 trees per acre of at least two inches in diameter that would reach a maturity, at maturity, at least 50 feet in height, and then some type of natural ground cover, uh, making sure that no more than 25% of the ground area isn't like mowed turf grass. And um, then it says to determine and delineate a woodland, uh, a developer shall or an applicant shall um, look at and assess the following. So gaps. Uh, this again, as we mentioned, was meant to um, make sure that contiguous woodlands, even with gaps, would be treated as such. So it's saying that um, even a gap of around 8,000 square feet would still, you know, be counted as um, a contiguous woodland and that uh, woodlands can be assessed in a variety of ways, including basal area, woodland ecosystem assessment, a tree survey conducted by a, qual a qualified professional such as an IG ISA certified arborist. What we've heard from the developer and the development team today is that what um, criteria is not met here is that half acre in size, and so that the trees here wouldn't meet the definition of woodland because of their um, coverage being less than a half acre in size. And so the way the ordinance would treat it is this project now, as it moves through site plan review, would instead switch to the individual tree standard for these trees. So if they hit that protected um, 
size and species requirement. Anything that gets removed would have to be replanted. Uh, the applicant does have the option of replanting to different species type. Anything that's, um, there is a, a tree list in the ordinance, so it doesn't have to be the same species, they could pick something else. Um, and uh, yeah, just so the trees aren't considered both protected under the tree standard and the woodland standard. Typically, this is something where um, an applicant would come forward with this kind of information and it would, uh, they would work with staff and we'd help them to determine, do you need to come forward with, for a variance or not? This was the case um, in particular because this site is seeking some state support uh, through um, the Michigan, uh, the uh, MISHTA. Um, we had to, I think there was some conservative judgments just really to get this through the process and wanted to, you know, make sure they were applying for a variance in a timely fashion. And so this information kind of came out after we would have had an opportunity to sit down and discuss it and make that determination for a variance. The site, as you noticed in your packet though, the site is requesting a parking variance that doesn't come before this board, but will come to the ZBA next month. Um, and so I guess from staff perspective, the information that was provided does feel as though uh, withdrawing this variance makes sense at this point. I did though want to open it up to any questions the board had or any opposition that you wanted to voice now if you feel like this is something that to you feels like it, it does meet this, these criteria and needs to request this variance. Yeah, I mean, it seems that we're not going to be voting on this variance, but I think I'm supportive of this project and, you know, retaining some natural space and the trail and providing low-income housing in that area of town. So, um, you know, especially that epic hackberry being protected and creating that little bit of woodland, um, even if you end up having to take some unhealthy trees down on that eastern part of the property. Um, and retaining some trees, maybe planting some others. I think that I'm really happy with the site design and um, working to extend that little bit of trail through there, I think is a really, really great idea. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we need to take any action today to reduce the um, future paperwork for the protected trees, um, but it seems like for the most part with this design, those protected trees won't be um, will mostly be retained, yeah. And a couple of them don't seem all that healthy, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. Anyone else wants to add something? I was gonna agree that you, um, if we have the developer here uh, withdrawing the application, that we wouldn't take any action today. This site would come forth uh, at a later date, probably in the next one to two months, I would imagine, for uh, site plan review uh, and approval from this board as part of its regular um, administrative site plan review process. Mm -hmm. And then you would definitely look at trees and um, all the other NFP standards at that time. I'm really appreciative of all the work you did to try to work with the constraints of the site and protect as much natural features as you could. So thank you for that and thank you for the great tree inventory too. I really, that was really helpful to see and be able to zoom in on it on the map. So thank you. Mm -hmm. I do have a question almost more for us procedurally on the gap measurement. And that I, I think I feel pretty comfortable saying that this is not a woodland, but how on a site like this, how would we measure the, a gap of if, 
if our measurement is 8,000 square feet. Do you mind going back to the aerial photo? Like would we, because the trees are like little islands, mm -hmm. is it mowed, what is, looks mowed or oh, fallow, whatever. How, where, <laughs> what, what is the gap in, in a setting like that, do we think? I don't know that I need an answer. I just think it's right. And and is it a yeah? And is it a cumulative gap? Is each each gap independent of each? I have questions about the gaps too. Mm -hmm. Maybe for a later. That time. is where the uh, the conservative upfront they included because the definitions are a little vague and it's in the intent to protect. Yeah. And that's great. So where I think as a professional, I came and I looked at the diversity. I looked at the trees inside what was adjacent, and then I looked at what constituted the actual canopy. There was a full break in the canopy, not a continuance of the canopy. So in the illustration shown in uh, chapter 50, it shows a gap as included inside of the woodland, but to be included in the count. And so there the illustration, the picture shows inclusion. Here we have, it would have been, they would have to have been separate woodlands because there's not a continuance including, obviously, we're pinned in by our outside boundaries, mechanical boundaries, so there is no extension to even get us more to count as woodland. Mm -hmm. That is where, that, so that is how I extrapolated on the definition of gap, is I saw no continuance of the canopy. Got it, okay. So I don't know if that could be clarified in Chapter 50. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say, I think, um, I'll send out this uh, portion of the ordinance again to all of you. It's on page 74 and I'll reference that. And you can take a look at the figure that Mark mentioned. Um, and there may be some work and some changes, uh, amendments to that section as we're thinking about this. And we have maybe one of the first cases where we're thinking about mm -hmm. a gap. Um, and maybe there's a better way we can define that so it's clearer to both an applicant and you as a board who's making this evaluation. I think ultimately it says the gap. So I think it's 8,000 square feet per Gap. We know nature is not that neat. It is not even as neat as the figure in the. <laughs> um, so I think the idea here was that we weren't going to um, create a situation where a woodland that was, in fact, a bit more contiguous would be sort of segmented apart on a map, and and that's kind of a, a loophole that someone could use to say we're going to take down all these small sections. Uh, but there may be some work that we can do to help amend and clarify that within the ordinance for the future. Yeah, I'm almost more thinking, again, like I'm very comfortable with recognizing that this isn't a woodland, but going forward, I want, yeah, just almost to have some precedent for how we consider what a gap is and what, what's a gap and what's... That vagueness can work both to protect or to harm. It, right, exactly. So right. in this case, I, I, like I say, you have somebody who is working with the definition and the actual inventory and what we have as specimens so yeah. Yeah. yeah and also looking at the understory of the site you know it's clear that that's not a woodland type understory right it's a green lake so that's different between a different gap for different forests too yeah i was just going to comment that um aaron's comment the the kind of gray area that this sits in where it's kind of described that a a woodland is by default continuous canopy cover with gaps in between and it's almost the inverse here where everything is a gap and there's there's islands of trees in between so um i'm comfortable using the tree standard here rather than the woodland standard i think that makes a lot of sense and although we don't need to if we pursued that option um, we wouldn't need to 
uh, vote on a variance, I do appreciate the community benefit is uh, the major consideration of making a variance. And I think the the section of the KRVT trail, you know, non-motorized transportation, um, finishing that is fantastic. You know, staying out of the away from the bank and reducing the impervious surface and identifying those valuable trees um, are great. I will say, I think that if there are woodland areas that would be retained um, on site and would not be next to, to structures where they could be hazardous, um, I think it's important to identify that um, declining trees are a part of a natural succession and progression of a woodland and um, they can't all stay 100% bright and green throughout the, the succession of the, the forest and as they decline they provide denning for mammals and cavities for um, cavity nesting birds and fungi and all sorts of things like that. But um, so yeah, I'm comfortable with the tree standard just to put that comment out there. I, uh, I share the support for this project and uh, I also um, appreciate the way this uh, process has worked yet again where we've had a, a developer, a development team come before us um, where NFP standards may have added value to uh, their consideration of the development of the site and this interaction uh, um, may have created a better development site uh, for the city. Um, so. Um, that's my optimistic thought about this as your uh, real estate development representative on this, uh, uh, on this board. I think it's mm -hmm. really encouraging to see how this has worked, even though there really wasn't any particular variance item in this application. I'm wondering, uh, Chair Colwick, should we make a motion to take no action on this variance request and then have a support and we can do just a voice vote so that it's formally in the record that you're not taking action this evening? Okay, so um, can I entertain a motion to take no action on the approval of a recommendation to the Zoning Board of Appeals? to grant relief from the NFP Woodland Preservation Standard for the redevelopment project at 333 East Alcott. I'll motion. I'll second. Support, okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 Um, do you have to say all? No opposed. Okay, opposed. <laughs> okay, no opposed. Um, great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank, Thank you, you all. Thank you very much. And I just, uh, in, in closing, I want to say that uh, Hollander Development continues to support the NFP overlay. And I think that this is an example of, of uh, the process working. And I hope that our efforts are, are going to lead to a, a better um, set of rules moving forward so that we can continue this work. Thank, thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay. Um, Next on to um, the next item of new business is consideration of a recommendation to hold all NFP review board meetings in the city commission chambers for the remainder of 2022. Um, so next the board will vote to hold all these remaining board meetings here. So can I entertain a motion for this? Yes, I'll move that we continue to move forward. Mm -hmm. Support. Support by Okay. Um, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Great. Motion passes. Um, 
Next is the approval of recommendation to grant staff administrative site plan review approval authority for the site plan preparation phase of the Kalamazoo Country Club. Um, Jamie, do you have a presentation? I wanted to talk about this one briefly because it was added to your agenda a little bit later and um, would like your vote. Um, the ability for staff to um, sit in on our site plan review process, the administrative site plan review process, and ensure all of the NFP rules are followed for the country club project. Uh, this, the, following the ZBA action last, or earlier this month, uh, the ZBA did vote to approve the variance that uh, was recommended by this board in the previous month. Um, and so that allowed the applicant to move forward with a site plan approval. So they've now submitted, and it is available online, um, the full site plan for this site preparation phase. And so that is the tree clearing and the regrading plans that were presented to you during the variance request. If you recall the way that that request was made, there was a um, delineation of the area that would be disturbed. They quantified what would be removed, and that was the variance they were requesting. Uh, and so the question has been of staff, does this need to go back to the NFP review board? Because typically it would through site plan review for this phase to have you, you know, approve the plan. It's, ex it's essentially exactly what you saw through the variance uh, because they're really chopping this up into phases of development. And so at this time it feels like um, it could be something that staff could administratively do. We've already identified that on the site plan we need to see and then we can verify in the field all of their fencing of all of the area that they'll be uh, and they committed to protecting. Uh, Mr. Bobby Durkee, who oversees, whose staff who oversees our um, site plan review has already asked them and confirmed with our staff liaison to the ZBA to include all of their variance requests that were granted. So those will be checked against um, the, the site plan. They will have to go through and make sure, I think one of the biggest things they're seeking through this process is their soil erosion and sediment control uh, permit. And so I tend to work very closely uh, with those projects just because they have so much NFP overlap. Um, all the other elements of NFP uh, will be coming forward in their next phase, which is the construction and landscape phase. And that plan absolutely would come to this board. I feel like it would need the full um, review and approval from all of the different areas of expertise. And so what I'm suggesting is that staff can be involved in site plan over the next four weeks internally and we'll make sure again that it's meeting all of the sort of NFP protections during construction um, or, or during, during just the site prep phase uh, and then they don't have to like come back at the end of next month to show you essentially the same plan that you saw last month. Uh, I wanted to bring this forward though um, <coughs> kind of site by site because a couple of months ago the board talked about are there certain conditions and this probably would have maybe fallen into what our early discussions were. Um, are there certain conditions where uh, you want to give blanket approval to staff to move through the approvals administratively and we didn't get to a point we heard back from um, some of other committees at the city that maybe uh, that blanket approval uh, wasn't sufficient and so this way I'm just bringing kind of case by case sites that um, 
might not have much or anything for you to review as a board. I'd be supportive of that. I don't know what, given the conversations and the vote we had last time, I don't know what additional value we would bring given all the, um, the criteria that you mentioned that staff would um, have on site or require. So I'd be supportive of that. I don't have the verbiage in front of me, so I won't yeah. make the motion, but um, I don't know if there are I, other comments. I wanna give everyone else a comment before we move forward with the motion. Mm -hmm. So there is there a chance that they could there could be some changes that you'd look at and make some kind of determination like oh this is more than I expected and at that point bring it to us or or so I think what might happen is if there were anything that didn't strictly uh, meet the variance request I would have to ask the applicant to come back they couldn't okay. by the ZBA right okay. um, and so, like I said, I think the really key things that we're going to see, uh, that staff's going to request of them on that site plan, I think, is really that fencing and making sure the fencing is that six feet or taller, much uh, beefier fencing than we typically see with, like, SESC. Um, so that's, yeah, I, I, I don't think staff would be able to make any sort of right. changes to that. I like that we're not just granting staff authority make decisions, but you mentioned the component of, it's almost oversight and even enforcement, if you will, feet on the ground with seeing what's going on. We can approve something on a plan that it's being looked at and actually carried out according to what, what we agreed upon is what's valuable. Yeah, and that's been a, a source of concern of mine all along is the, especially the erosion work. I know just driving and observing construction sites all the time, everything seems good when they set up the fencing and then you tend to see the laying down and half buried. And mm -hmm. um, so I really appreciate my main concern being the water quality and the, you know, integrity of that slope as they're making improvements too. So. Um, yeah, I feel comfortable. I just want to give everybody a chance to make their comments before we move forward with the motion. When, when you refer to it bringing it back to NFP for review, um, you're referring to um, noticing and having a public hearing again. Is that correct? Um, the, the noticing requirements currently are only for variance or rezoning requests. And so unless one of those types of requests were to come forward again, there wouldn't be public notice. Uh, it would just be the regular site plan process. The way the city has been noticing or putting folks, uh, the public on notice, is we now have, oh, we've had this for a while, but a public website where all site plans and all of their details are posted. This phase will be, may already be posted online, uh, or will be shortly um, when they make full application, uh, so that anyone from the public, neighbors, uh, can see what that site plan is. Uh, and so that information will be available. Again, unless they're making some sort of zoning request, special request, there wouldn't be notice letters or anything like that required. And, and no public hearing either. Correct. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm in support of that. All right. So we'll move forward with a, um, do I have support for a motion to grant staff administrative plan review approval authority for the site preparation phase? of the Kalamazoo Country Club development. So moved. Support, okay. 
All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? No opposed? Okay. Thank you. Um, next, is there any old business? No old business at this time. Great. Any additional staff updates? You covered a lot. So. I have one more staff update. City Planner Anderson contacted me recently and reminded me that uh, staff will be moving forward probably in the next one to two months on um, updates to the landscaping standards. Mm. I did send some of that information out to this board. If you have any comments, uh, additional information, recommendations that you might uh, give the planning staff from your particular expertise, um, if we could get those comments back in the next two weeks. Let me throw a date on that. Um, let's say by July 12th, I'll send out a reminder. Uh, we'd love to have any of those as she incorporates and makes amendments to the landscaping standards of the zone. I had so many comments, but it was hard. <laughs> it's a big document, so yeah. And what's the deadline you said for the J July 12th? July 12th. I will make that announcement. Thank you, Director Sylvester. Uh, last Tuesday, the City Commission voted unanimously to adopt the City's first Community Sustainability Plan. Uh, and I would invite anyone who is interested, we do have a kickoff to a related program. It's the Kalamazoo Energy Collaborative. That's happening tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. at the Foundry, located at 600 East Michigan. It really is for, um, larger building owners in the city. We have a special, uh, a new collaborative with Consumers Energy where the energy utility is, or the electric utility is providing uh, really specific energy data to all large building owners. They have free technical assistance so you can get your buildings benchmarked for their energy consumption based on square footage, based on um, building type, and then you'll get, these buildings will get access to uh, special consumers energy rebates and uh, business energy efficiency programs. Uh, we've already done City Hall, the building we're sitting in here, and it actually got a pretty decent Energy Star rating, but we do have now a full report on how we can continue to improve and make this a better performing building. So um, that's a, one of our first implementation projects that we're kicking off this year. Is that what Nolan's presenting on at Green Drinks? That is correct. Okay. Starting now, I think, okay. Um, great, so does the board have any announcements in addition to that? No? Okay, meeting adjourned. Very good. Five o'clock. All right, good stuff. So, did you see me eyeing it? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do it. Thank you. I was wondering what you were doing up there.